0: podcast from Impact 89 FM, WDBM East Lansing.
1: Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9, the Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now tonight's exposure.
2: Good evening. Welcome to another edition of Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM. The Impact East Lansing's Movie Alternative, MSU Student Run Radio. My name is Brad Brooks, and thank you for joining us here on the Exposure uh, The Exposure of to Talk Radio segment we do here at The Impact. It's Thursday night, so we're going to rock you out talking about movies. It's the Impact Movie Chat. I'm joined by two wonderful gentlemen, my right hand and my left hand. Uh, and let's introduce them. I got the Reverend, my right hand. How you doing, Reverend? Good. It's always good to have you on. Yeah. You're the man. And I have my left hand, Andy Keese. The Keister, also known as Lefty. Lefty, old Lefty, yes, so we call you around the around the bar, okay, <laughs> and uh, for the next hour we 're going to be rocking you out with the best in movie talk uh, basically we're going be talking about news, rumors, gossip, what have you we 're going to be talking about reviews of uh, Shrek Two and you got to see that we'll get to that in a little bit uh, also going to preview what comes out this week, both in your video store and in your uh multiplex starting tomorrow. Give us a call full androids open' where, you know if you ever want to talk about anything in particular. Uh, you got a question. You want to steer the topic of conversation towards something else? Let us know. Give us a call. Phones are always open at 432 3893. Once again, 432 3893. We're on for the next hour before the basement comes out. We're talking always. Give us a call, 432 3893. We also want to remind you we have an impact message board at the impact website. Impact89fm.org is the website. Uh, you probably could Google it and find it. Uh, look up the message boards. There is an Impact Movie Chat message board. If you don't get in or you don't get your opinion heard necessarily during the show, go on that. Log it in. Let us know how you feel at the Impact Movie Chat message board. Okay, let's start it off with a segment we like to do every once in a while called the Reverend's News. Reverend, yeah, you found some juicy little tidbits about about movies being made right now, movies that are in the can. Getting ready to come to the theater near you. Yes. What do you got for us today? Uh,
0: some, some not, not so much like big news, but like really interesting kind of things. All right. Um, uh, first off, uh, Fernando Morales, who directed uh, City of God, which is the very popular uh, foreign film. He
2: was nominated for best director.
0: Yes. Um, he. Well,
2: his next movie is uh, The Constant Gardener. Right. Like John Le I think I'm saying it correctly? It's one of his novels yeah. being made. Uh, yeah. Who's
1: starring in that, Andy? Oh, I'll tell
2: you. I know because I know you're excited.
1: <laughs> Two of the best looking people in the movies right now: uh, Ray Fine and Rachel Vice. So
2: Ray Fine and Rachel Vice—that's right—are in a movie together. So
1: all, all bases are covered, so wow. to speak.
2: <laughs> Something for the ladies and for the gentlemen. Nice. All right.
0: But after that, all right. He's doing a C. Se- there, there's a well. There's the classic film *Intolerance*. From the makers of *Birth of a Nation*, D.W. Griffin. <laughs> yes, and this is—he's doing a sequel called *Intolerance 2, or *Intolerance*, the sequel, depending on what he wants to go with. <laughs> I don't know if that's a. Exactly...
2: So they're making a sequel of *Intolerance*. <laughs> yes, which all is right.
0: a story about many different time periods, many different cultures, and basically intolerance happening in, happening in all these different places. All right, and this is like the updated version, I guess.
2: Okay, so. That's intolerance, all' the reckoning right sounds I want to say interesting, but i'll say interesting it's, it's, yeah, yeah I guess it sounds yeah. interesting i intolerance anything from d w. Griffiths. he's a person that at least in like film classes and uh, we're talking with film buffs is a, is a name of like a father of one of the fathers of American cinema and right. of the language of cinema, but I dare you to meet five people <laughs> who have seen an actual complete <laughs> d w Griffith film right. I am not one of them they are I, long yes, they are quite long. long I've only seen about a third of birth of a nation yeah. Yes. Okay. So intolerance too. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's for the uh, Uber geek.
0: That's almost uh, trying to like think what is the longest gap between the original film and the sequel? I mean, there's the there's the Hustler and Color of Money, and then the, <laughs> yes. the Jungle Book and Jungle Book Two. I don't know. Um,
2: had, I think that one's going to go down for the record. Yeah. We'll have to. Yeah. We'll have to see.
0: <laughs> uh, also, the actor Mark Ruffalo who some of you may be familiar with as the poor man's Vincent D'Onofrio.
2: Yes, um, I, that's a good description. Yeah, I love a poor man's. Yeah. I love a good poor man's. And if, and if, listener, if you have a good poor man's, give us a call. 432 <laughs> Nothing better than a good poor man's. Yeah. Uh, what, for those that don't know what a poor man's yeah. is, what is that?
0: Uh, it's basically like they are exactly like that person, but a later incarnation or a lesser incarnation. Excellent. Basically. So...
2: A poor man.
0: Yeah, exactly. Actually, I love that. Um, we'll think of further examples later.
2: Yes, yeah, so we'll throw them around. But
0: he's he's finally stepping into the directing chair. All right. And his movie sounds really interesting. It's written by a guy named Chris Thornton, and it's an autobiographical tale of of this man's life. And he's also stars in it. And it's called Sympathy for Delicious. And it's about, and he is a L.A. scratch D- DJ who's uh, wheelchair bound, and he's also a faith healer.
2: <laughs> and, and, and,
0: and, it, and it's about his, and it's about his life, and it co-stars Nicolas Cage. Hmm. That's what I got for you.
2: Wow. So, I just, the weirdest movie of all time. Yeah, exactly. It's finally coming out. <laughs> right. All right. I was it wondering is, if they could have put this
0: together. It's being made. Interesting. Um, there was a couple of. No,
2: no, no, Just get, let's get back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would think, like, I can't move on, first of all. A Scratch DJ right. in LA sounds cool. Right. Let's let's do that. Right. Uh, nothing better than the guy who was in, uh, you know, was it not stuck on you? Uh, a movie with Meg Ryan for a few years ago. He was in the cut mm-hmm. with Meg Ryan. He was from. Uh, uh, turtle sunshine of the spotless mind he sounds like a, the perfect person to direct that yeah but a faith healer who's wheelchair bound uh-huh is that not a contradiction in yeah. terms i think
0: that's the uh that's the
2: problem and he can't you, heal himself all oh, right yeah because you would think the first thing is i got the power move my legs and bam okay right interesting yeah not I, picking on faith healers or people that are wheelchair bound. that just seems kind of a contradiction yeah but that'll be an interesting plot point
0: i'm definitely intrigued sounds interesting yeah you know? all, right. all uh, right and then there's uh it was interestingly there's a couple of um anthology films being made um, movies that have multiple shorts by different directors in them um with international uh international grouping of directors uh one of them is called all the invisible children which has seven different directors uh two of which are John Woo and Ridley Scott. Interesting. And then the other ones I didn't really recognize, so I, I don't know who they are. So I, I Therefore, didn't list it's them. not
1: important. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry
0: about it. Who cares? <laughs> um, well, at least, you know. it Yeah. Um, basically, all the stories are about uh, impoverished children in different parts of the world. Uh-huh. And um, so that sounds potentially interesting. Uh, also, the uh, United Nations Development Program is working on a movie called Eight, which is um, highlighting millennium development goals, as they call them, eight different goals that they have that they want to achieve by 2015. And uh, a few the
2: of them... Millenn- th- like, they they're not going to give us a thousand years to do it. No. Just nine, I, I oh, 11 I, years now.
0: I guess maybe they started them in the millennium. I have okay. no idea. Okay. Um, a few of those directors are Jane Campion... Robert Altman, uh, Vim Vendors, and Gasper No. Interesting. Of the eight directors that they're going to have, each highlighting a different goal.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Nice collection of directors for that one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And uh, this last little bit here I got is that Wolfgang Peterson and the screenwriter for Troy are collaborating on another movie. They're working on adapting the first book in the Piers Anthony Xanth series. which uh, is like a popular fantasy series. It it seems like it was more popular like 10 years ago, but I don't know. I don't know that much about it. But basically the concept of the series is it's this mystical world where everyone in it has their own power, basically, their own magical power. And uh, they're kind of like funny, somewhat for young adult kind of books, I think. And the first book in the series is called A Spell for Chameleon where the main character actually doesn't have a power. He's like the only person in the land who doesn't have a power, so he goes out looking for what his power is.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So I don't know. Right, when you first started that off, I was hoping that the, uh, Wolfgang Pearson and the, and the writer of Ulysses decided, <laughs> had decided to never make another <laughs> oh, okay. movie again. Or do a
1: Ulysses. That right, would have right. been nice. But you mean Odysseus?
2: Right. Either way.
1: You can, Uly- okay.
2: can us uh, well, well, they've, it's been <laughs> done both ways. So, <laughs> you can, you can, yeah. you can call me the one. Yeah, Ulysses or Odysseus. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the Odyssey. Yes. Semantics. With Sean Bean. <laughs> yeah. 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 Great movie. Yeah. All right. Well, you'll see the Impact Movie Chat. We're doing the Reverend's news right now. We're talking about some news items in Hollywood right now. Give us a call if there's anything that interests you or you've heard anything yourself. 432 3893. Once again, four three two three eight nine three. Um I had a little thing and this is a question to Andy. You you saw the Catwoman trailer the other day. I did. <laughs> and you mentioned it to me in passing, and I kinda of want to talk about this because last I think at the end of last summer, I think I, I proclaimed that that summer sucked right summer 2003 good riddance can't wait for summer 2004 well, Summer 2004 is on us, and I somehow lost the... Uh, I hadn't, didn't know what was coming out, because Summer 2004 is going to suck, too. Sorry, folks. Uh, that's what we're doing here. We're giving you the news. So this, as it happens. We're like MTV news. As it happens, you get it here. First, this is the movie news. Uh, this summer is going to suck, except for uh, Harry Potter and Spider-Man. Good luck the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, far, so far, what's come out that's been good? Nothing. Yes, that yeah. was it. We got Van Helsing, <laughs> Troy, Shrek 2. You can go ahead and like Shrek too. We'll find out if Andy liked it later on. <laughs> For the most part, this this isn't a good summer, and one of the indicators is Catwoman, right? Uh, <laughs> starring uh, Halle Berry as Catwoman. That's right. um, and if you haven't seen the outfit that she wears, which is like an S and M leather outfit with mm-hmm. like scratches in it, mm-hmm. uh, which looks ridiculous. Um, she's in like stiletto high it looks, heels. It
1: looks more like a Halloween costume. Yeah, it looks like a bad catwoman Halloween, Halloween costume. Right.
2: Like she's wearing high heels with like the toes cut out, so where like right. toes can show. But like she's supposed to kick butt in like high heels.
1: It's it's it plays into that in joke of uh, a lot of a lot of female Halloween costumes. You're not really going as a nurse. You're going as a nurse slut. You're not really going <laughs> as as well, a yeah. doctor. You're going as a doctor slut. You yeah. know that kind of stuff. It's there's just the similar one costume. And we're getting calls, and feel free to give us a
2: call about that. Four three two three eighty nine three. If you don't think all Halloween costumes are like that, let us know. Actually don't, no, we don't care. Uh four three two three eighty nine three. But yes, the ho- the costume is pathetic and it right. I will say the costume that Michelle Pfeiffer had in Batman Returns, much better. Right. Yeah. Much better costume. Covered her up completely. But what's you know, you Still gotta leave, leave something to the imagination, I right. say. But anyway.
1: But right. I saw, it's, I saw this teaser for it, and there was a pretty good amount of people in the theater. And, uh, we were, we were joking earlier, maybe a few weeks ago, that Van Helsing was going to be the, this year's, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm, right now I'm gonna proclaim Catwoman as probably the worst movie of the summer. You think? Maybe even this year. I don't wow. know. It just looks absolutely terrible. Looks worse than iRobot to me. And the theater that I was in, after the trailer was over, it was met apropos with uproarious laughter. Excellent. I mean, it's, it was almost as if, yeah, that's going to be bad. Vehemently bad, I'll say. Delicious.
2: Well, it's it's not even Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. It's it's not Selena Kyle. It's a different character. Not in Gotham. No Batman, you know, ethos around it. It's just a woman who's got cat-like abilities. Right. And it's Halle Berry. And, you know, for someone who should have all the power in Hollywood after winning her Oscar... She's just going to keep doing stuff like this mm-hmm. and being on the cover of for him magazine which is a horrible magazine. If you read for him magazine, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> cool. Um it's I don't I guess I don't understand what actually she wants to go with and why she's making these movies, but that's what she's doing. Uh, Catwoman.
1: I don't know how much she was paid for Catwoman, but I guess after she won the uh, Best Actress Oscar for Monsters Ball, her agent encouraged her to ask for twenty-two million dollars for her next movie, which would have made her the highest-paid person in Hollywood. But that didn't happen. No, because
2: no. has she shown an ability to open a movie? No. But Hollywood isn't Hollywood wants awards left and right, but you have to be able to open a movie. And bring enough, bring people you know, an automatic hundred million dollars to a film just on your name alone. Mm-hmm. So you have to be a Jim Carrey, where no matter what piece of drivel he's in, a hundred million dollars is is guaranteed. Right. What, what Schwarzenegger used to be before he got really, really bad. Mm-hmm. So, and and Halle Berry, unfortunately, is not that. This looks like one of the worst of the year. And you mentioned iRobot looking bad. That looks horrible. We did a little summer preview a few weeks ago, and this summer just looks pretty bad. Am I wrong, gentlemen? No, not at all. No, no, not at all. But let's see. We'll have to wait and see how low does it really get. Uh, there are a few highlights. You know, Harry Potter, Spider Man Two. As I said, it's pretty bad when you're waiting for sequels. And that's cool. the that's gonna be the top uh, mm-hmm. top thing. But I'm also looking forward to like things like the Village. There may be a few small things that will actually work out. But if I'm it's big. a bit, I think if it's a, if any pretty much beyond Harry Potter, it's Spider Man. Anything that's a big summer blockbuster. Pretty much this year looks bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. in past summers you can get a fun time out of them, but they usually just look bad.
0: I think there is a lot of like smaller stuff coming out that looks good, though. I mean, um, just you know, for being the summer, I think there's some some smaller stuff coming out. Yeah. So that'll be nice. I don't uh, know. I don't know about the village. I don't know about, don't know that about that the long. village. I think that might be stupid.
2: The Waves from M Night Shyamalan. He brought yeah. you uh, Six Sense, Signs, uh, Unbreakable. And you're a big fan. But this is
0: I, I, I would big big fan strong. I like Unbreakable a lot. Okay. I thought Signs was okay.
2: All right. Other than that, eh, I you didn't don't know. like Six Sense. Yeah. Well, but you saw you saw <laughs> the ending coming.
0: Yeah, that. Okay. But also, I mean, like Six Sense, I thought was okay. But I was like, I didn't love the movie that much. I just thought it was directed well. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know something. I just you know I get like a feeling. I have a sixth sense oh, about movies. When it comes to movies, yeah, I guess. I, I just, I just have this bad vibe about the village. Like, I think I'm gonna find a dome. I, I did find
1: out that uh, Judy Greer is in the village the Judy. other day. Oh, okay. What I'm a fan of Red. who is she's. Uh, she was in adaptation. She played the uh, the waitress in adaptation. The one that Nicolas Cage has a crush on. Ah. She's had minor roles in quite okay. a few movies, but uh, she has a, a, a relatively strong following for. A relatively unknown actress. <laughs>
2: and I love those. All right, you're listening to Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, The Impact. Uh, we're talking about mu- movie news, and I guess I'll just mention one last thing. Uh, local boy, Michael Moore, uh, who probably doesn't live in Michigan anymore, but he's from Flinttown, especially if you've seen the uh, the movie uh, Roger and Me, uh, known as, basically he's a, he's a, uh, a liberal documentarian um, who I would just say is a uh, leftist liberal uh, Propaganda machine. Um, if you've seen any of his movies, they're pretty much propaganda. He's not the world's greatest. He has his own visual style and his own aesthetic, but pretty much he makes uh, liberal propaganda, which I enjoy because I'm a liberal myself. His latest film, Fahrenheit nine nine one one, has just won the Palme d'Or of Cannes. Cannes is one of the biggest is the biggest film festival in the world. Huge amount of prestige. Uh, they even open huge movies there. Uh, Kill Bill, the full four and a half hour film, uncut, unedited, unrated was shown at Con this year. Uh, the Palme d'Or, the greatest prize that you can get at Cannes, was given to uh, Fahrenheit 9-11. Now, there's been a lot of talk, and you've, you've checked it out on CNN and everywhere, about whether this will help or hurt its dis- distribution, because that's in jeopardy here mm-hmm.
1: in the United States. Do you guys feel either way? Is this sure that we'll see it, or does it just same old, same old? I'm, I'm positive Fahrenheit will play in the U.S., no questions asked. It will find a distributor, I'm sure.
2: There's, no, there's someone out there who will throw this movie out there. Right. There's no reason for it not to, right, Reverend? I.
0: Um, yeah, I think it'll get seen. I don't think winning the Palme d'Or matters at all. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think that affects it in any way. But I mean, because I think other than like movie people, I don't think anybody cares no. necessarily. I mean, maybe more people hear about it, but
1: and there's, I think that I would say there's an equal amount of good and bad press surrounding the movie. John Luke Goddard spoke out against it, saying that it'll just. Worse than the war in Iraq, et cetera, et cetera. Not to go into a whole political thing.
2: But I will almost but, like Godard also hadn't seen the film.
1: He, yeah, right. When he, when he spoke out, I mean, Godard is. He, he was addressing its politics, yeah. not the actual movie. Yeah. So that's, which is a topic for another show. Yes, yeah, so that's another granted, show. But,
2: State News Live, City Pulse. I'm going to go with City Pulse if you <laughs> want to talk about that. Uh, Bro Schwartz, every Wednesday here from 7 to 8, he'll rock you out uh, City Pulse style talk about anything you want
0: so. i think the the question is will it be seen before the election which i think is michael moore's big thing
2: he like, wants to he wants to sway the election he wants to it's basically the film is a another one of his you know propaganda films right that's this time you know not about you know car companies you know putting you know thousands of people at work it's about uh a connection between the president and, and uh our enemies yeah so he definitely wants to, to tarnish the image of the president. So
1: I guess he was aiming for late summer the, to put the movie in theater. I think he was, it was supposed. To, his summer. original
2: plan was to come out July Fourth, ah, uh, on Independence wow, Day, yeah. and then have it out in DVD, uh, I believe, late September, early October, right, for people to check out. So yes, the whole the whole film is completely political. Uh, I'm not sure if it's you know, I've seen Bowling for Columbine and other films by him. They're entertaining if you're a liberal, mm-hmm. right. but they're not necessarily a good documentary. <laughs> Right. You know, they don't. Not everything is fair and balanced. It doesn't give both sides a story. It's, you know, he will ambush a you know, a Charlton Heston who's in early stages of Alzheimer's <laughs> and bombard him with unfair accusations and right. questions and have no you know, not bad. an eye. you know, right. I support him and I because I'm a crazy liberal myself. But I at least can see through his tactics and see there's something shady in him. So, right. Uh, but he picks up the Palme d'Or, the the top prize at the Cannes Film Festival, for his new film, Fahrenheit 911, which. Eventually, will be seen. Just uh, will it be seen before the uh, November election? All right, you're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM. Full lines are open 3 two three eight nine three. Let's shift gears for the moment from muse- uh from movie news. We'll get to more of that later on. Uh, let's get into reviews. Um, last week, as we've said, this this summer is really lame. Uh, we understand summer technically doesn't start until. Uh, the actual season, you go by the calendar and start until mid-June. But movies get going. It used to be Memorial Day weekend, which hits this weekend. Before, it's now basically become the beginning of May. So we're a few weeks in the summer season, and it's pretty much been a disappointment. Van Helsing is bombing, uh, and mm. I haven't heard a person who's seen it that enjoyed it. Um, Troy, um, as we talked about last week, is watchable. Yeah, um but that's all. But that's about it. <laughs> Um, and Shrek now comes out, and Andy, you were last week. We got Alex's take on; it. he got to see it a little bit early, right. and he checked out Shrek. Um, once again, watchable, funny, not bad. You know, it was, it was a decent, mm-hmm. you know, decent review. He's not the biggest fan of the first one. Are you a big fan of the first Shrek? Or are you just moderately interested? I.
1: I wouldn't call myself a big fan of the first movie. I did like it. I thought it was cute for its target audience—you uh, know, families, middle America, children, that kind of thing. Um, I no, I can I can understand perfectly why people don't like the two Shrek films. Because uh, I hate uh, Shrek. Well, yes, we know, Brad.
2: <laughs> I, last week I went <laughs> off on Shrek. At any chance to continue that,
1: I will. But I, I mean, but I think the same reason people dislike those movies is probably this, uh, the same reason I dislike movies like Shakespeare and Love. Whereas, it's not really, necessarily, it's not necessarily an original screenplay, it's mostly put together from bits and pieces of other fiction. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, it's all, you know, it's, sometimes it's your cup of tea, sometimes it's not. Anyway, Shrek 2. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm not wild about it, just like the first one, but I, I can't think, I can't really think of a reason for you to not go see it. For someone, well, I know you won't go see it, Brad, but (laughs) for anyone listening, I can't think of any reason to, uh, to not go see it. You know, just the general public, I suppose. Uh, a couple things that I liked about it. Uh, Puss in Boots makes an appearance. And he's voiced by Antonio Banderas, Antonio of course. Banderas. I mean, it is a pretty obvious choice, but it works, I thought. I thought it was pretty funny. The way he was animated in the movie was... uh really uh, innovative i thought um and it, it doesn't help that i saw the garfield trailer before this movie too which, <laughs> was, which looked horrible. which uh another example of why there's, 2004 will there's science. yeah there's no time to go into that anyway yeah i liked that and there's also late in the movie there's a spoof of that show cops but it, instead with uh, knights in armor and uh pepper shakers and things like that it sounds really strange but it was kind of cute the way it's done
2: okay yeah it does sound really strange and this is sound too good, but yeah, I've enjoyed is. the way you're selling it Well, the, f-
1: the, uh, the final, and, and the final 10, 12 minutes, the big conflict at the end, is so, it's, it's complete hokum. Okay. It's absolutely nuts. There are so many things that hap- happen within those 10 minutes, it's, and it was just, it was pretty wild, I thought. Okay. It was kind of fun. Now,
2: there's two things that I really hated from the first Shrek movie. I want to see if they're in there, in Shrek 2. Um, <laughs> Shrek Shre- Matrix parodies? Yes. Shrek came out in 2001. <laughs> By the end of the year 2000 If you were still putting a Matrix parody in your film Your film was pathetic Okay, And, t- and today if you're, Unless you're the Matrix franchise Which hopefully is dead Because the last two sucked um, Hopefully there will be no more Matrix style action Matrix parodies There was one in Shrek 1 and it was lame, it was stupid I didn't enjoy it Is there a Matrix parody, and you know what I mean The bullet time action Where someone jumps And the camera swirls around them And then they come down is that does that happen in this one? There is none. Oh
1: none at all. There is some there is some kung fu fighting, Uh-oh.
2: but that's about it. Okay. Alright. Two. <laughs> um Jeffrey Katzenberg, one of the three people who who created DreamWorks, along with Steven Spielberg and Geffen. Right. Um SKG. Uh, as is a known he used to work as an, like charge of animation for Disney, and he's really petty and pathetic, and he can't get over <laughs> the fact that Michael Eisner was a jerk to him back in the late eighties, and he eventually had to leave that job and and go for greener pastures, which is why he's been pushing for all these animated films from uh, DreamWorks, and most of which do okay or bomb, and some that do well.
1: So are there are there any secret indictments against yeah, Disney?
2: because the first one had a lot of. I guess if you didn't really know, he was right. making a big joke about Eisner. It might might have looked past it, but if you're, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to say savvy, but if you knew that he has a grudge against him, it just was, just made you want to vomit. The amount of stuff going on, the amount of inside jokes about it, it's Man. just like I understand you don't like Michael Eisner. You don't need to make a fairy tale movie about how you hate Michael Eisner. <laughs> Is Shrek two a movie about how Katzenberg still hates Michael Eisner?
1: No, there's only there's only one sequence in the movie where they're, uh, where Shrek and his companions are going to visit uh, Fiona's parents who live in a castle far far away, and they're riding uh, on a carriage through uh, the adjacent city, and. Uh, not not only is it a, uh, it's kind of it's more of a spoof on like strip malls, I think, because there's a lot of sight gags with storefronts and things like that. But you you could interpret it as a a spoof of the Magic Kingdom, I suppose. Okay. The board, the boardwalk and the and the gift shops and all that kind of thing. But that's the that. only that's the only Disney that's the only Disney hate I could find in the movie.
2: Yeah. I doubt I doubt he's going to be making fun of strip malls, which make up most of. Let's face it, Middle America, and right. uh, that's a movie for Middle America. So I doubt he's going to be doing that. So, yeah, more Disney hating. So. I think,
0: uh, yeah, like it's it's my my sort of opinion on it is is probably similar to yours, Brad. In that, like one of the main things I disliked about Shrek was just how, like, cynical it is. I'm I'm cynical <laughs> about cynicism. You know, it's like the I'm. <laughs> If it was just if it was just the story of an ogre and a woman and they fall in love and blah blah blah, I'd probably like it. Yeah, like if it was just a kids' movie, I'd probably like it. But all the yeah, the jokes about Disney and stuff and like movie parodies and it just gets, eh, it gets to me too much. I don't need about a movie okay.
2: parody in a kids' movie.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's
1: my
2: only thing. Okay, so Shrek Two, watchable. Yes. Okay,
1: very watchable. We'll say. Oh, it's it's enjoyable.
2: It oh, enjoy. enjoyable. Yeah. All right. Will disappoint you, me, Andy, but that's okay. Yeah, I'll live with it. <laughs> um, no, it's I, I. I'll say this: My mother saw it with my little brother, and they both loved it. Okay. So I, uh, you know, we're not not to be haters. Yeah. To use the parlance of our time, but uh, Shrek. Pe- will people like love Shrek one? People will love Shrek two. Yeah. I will hate both of them equally. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, on that note, uh, you listen to the Impact Movie Chat. We're gonna take a break in just a moment first time ever no we're gonna take a break in just a moment uh, We're we'll come back we're gonna preview what's out in the video stores and what's hitting the theaters tomorrow uh we may even have a topic for you and the, of course the video pick of the week at the end stick around we'll be right back you're listening to exposure on 88.9 the impact
0: the hour hours of power the area's only Here. metal show, giving you all styles of the meanest metal on Thursdays from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. The hours features metal news every week at 11 p.m. Concert info at 11:30. A new CD every week at midnight, and your one o'clock local block packed in between classic metal artists like Slayer, Pantera, I mean, and, oh, and, and Iron Maiden, as well as the latest metal to make your parents soil themselves. Music from Cradle of Filth. Fall in Flames, Hate Kill Switch Engage, Lamb of God, and tons more. The Hours is the only show giving away CDs and concert tickets
1: to the metal community. For 11 years in a row, The Hours of Power has been voted the top choice of residents at Jackson State Penitentiary. They can vote. check out The Hours of Power every Thursday from 10 p.m. until the bars close. On the scariest station in America. What's up this Warren G, you know what I'm saying? I'm here giving it up for Rad because they do a lot of good things for people. And uh, I just want to say, before you drink, make sure that you got somebody that can drive your butt home so you won't crash or get pulled over and get a DUI. So go ahead and follow the rules. We
2: just trying to make you see. Nobody does it better. Nobody You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 3893 And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to The Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, The Impact, East Lansing's movie alternative. We usually rock you out with music all day long, but from 7 to 8 p.m. on Thursday nights, it's all about movies, baby. All right. My name is Brad Brooks, and I'm joined, as always, by the Reverend Mm -hmm. and Andy. We're hanging out, we're talking about movies. If there's something you want to talk about movie related, or you've seen Shrek 2 and you loved it or hated it, give us a call. 432 3893. Once again, 432 Give us a call, let us know how you feel about various things. Uh, we just reviewed Shrek, so it's time to preview what's coming out this week. Three movies hit the theater starting tomorrow, um, and I would say uh, two of them are disaster movies. <laughs> One is Saving Helen, that's a disaster movie. that's me. Directed by Gary Marshall. Uh, the one is an actual bona fide uh, uh, disaster movie, The Day After Tomorrow, and the third film being Soul Plane. All right, let's break these down. We'll start with Soul Plane first, uh, from uh, an under, uh, basically an unknown director to me, Jesse Torero. It hasn't done much. Jesse. Jesse. (laughs) Just let you know you you can't go by an E at the end, like an (laughs) E vowel sound at the end of your name and be taken care of. Seriously. Uh, That goes for Gary Marshall also. Or Andy? Yes. Sorry, Andy. We're going to switch your name. Your name is going back to Andrew.
1: Awesome. For
2: uh, Uh,
1: the directing world. That's why I go by Brad and not Brad. The Keister will do.
2: The Keister will do. Um, And this is a film starring Snoop Doggy Dog. Well, just Snoop Dogg. He doesn't go by the Doggy Dog anymore. Tom Arnold, Monique, and uh, D.L. Hughley. It's about a um, uh, black-owned and operated uh, airplane on its maiden voyage. And hilarity ensues with all the passengers as they uh, mix and match with the uh, crew and pilots. I believe a pilot is played by Snoop Dogg. Uh, and various other things. It's um, basically a, a crazy plane ride of fun. <laughs> and do either of you guys want to check this one out? Have you really seen any press for it? Have you seen the trailer? Have you I've seen s- any commercials for it?
0: Yeah, I've seen the trailer like a, a number of times, actually.
2: Okay, yeah. I've seen a few commercials for yeah. it. It's, it's not just silently coming in. Uh, I'm a little surprised it came out this weekend. Most of the, most of the uh, commercials don't say Soul Plane, you know, the 28th, the Memorial Day weekend. But it's perfect time for this you know all these movies this week have a good chance of making a lot of money with the Memorial Day weekend this is you know we'll get to this in just a moment but the Memorial Day weekend used to be the start of summer where it kicked off with a bang or it really started and you made a lot of money and i'm just going to say Soul Plane The Day After Tomorrow and Saving Helen are what this summer if this is indicative of this summer <laughs> like one of these like these are the movies that are going to rock you out This summer, this is going to be a pathetic summer, right? You know, there are movies that we're talking about we don't like, we don't want to see this, we don't want to see that. But I mean, no disrespect to Soul Plane, you know. Mm -hmm. I think it's 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 geared for an audience which unfortunately doesn't have enough movies made for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure it's something I necessarily want to see, but hopefully it'll be funny and for all audiences. Um, But I think a lot of people will write it off um, as just a black comedy, and hopefully it's much more than that. And everyone else can check it out. Hey, I like Tom Arnold. I love Snoop Dogg. Um,
1: Snoop Dogg is. He's not taken seriously as an actor at all, but I've always liked him in any movie I've seen him in.
2: I liked him in *Star and Hutch. He right. was good as Huggy yeah. Bear. <laughs> I enjoyed him. I mean, it's not... <laughs> he's really funny. He's playing off and, on it. He does yeah. a great job playing off his own persona in it. But we'll just have to see. And I, I, so, but Soul Plane, so I'm, I'm going to leave this one aside. This one coming out this time, it's good for them. A great weekend for them. I think it'll make actually a good amount of money this weekend.
1: Possibly. Possibly.
2: Okay. Well, possibly. I mean, you never know. But the other two movies, Saving Helen and Day After Tomorrow... Raising Helen. Raising Helen, yeah. Same Raising different. Helen. Same sorry. difference. Not, yeah, <laughs> basically, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a bad, it's a bad <laughs> Gary Marshall film, which you get to. But these are the two blockbusters that are coming out right now for the Memorial Day weekend. programming, I don't know. Day After Tomorrow, yes, is going to be a big blockbuster. Sometimes they try to sneak in a smaller film, which I guess is Raising Helen. But well, this, think, this shows me the summer's going to suck.
0: I think they've tried programming in the past, and that... It, I don't think it really works. So now I think they're just throwing a movie out there and hopefully they'll get some of the spillover. You yeah. know, and I don't think... I think Raising Helen, I mean, isn't that getting, like, terrible reviews? Like, I haven't heard uh, anything good about it, No, I, well,
2: I haven't heard much good about anything yeah. so far this
0: summer. Um, I, I don't think this is so much an example of, like, these are the movies of the summer. I think it's more... This is the weekend of day after tomorrow. And I, I think, like... Uh, um the idea of big summer movies facing off against each other just doesn't really happen anymore. You know?
2: There's no... Where you,
0: where you used to get, like, a Spider-Man and something else maybe on the same weekend. Now, they, now they're they like, nah, we'll take this weekend. You, okay, you can they have can, next Friday.
2: They we'll, space we'll, it out. we'll wait it on so we all can share in the wealth. Yeah. And do well.
1: Well, one, another big reason for that is because in recent years, most of these movies lose money. Mm-hmm. And so it's just counterproductive. I mean, I'm sure the studios have like a silent agreement saying, you know, it's counterproductive to try and do this anymore. Let's just make as much money as we can instead of instead of weekends, making programs, you know? instead
2: of making movies that we actually want to see and are will, everyone's willing to throw down, you know, their money for. Right. They'll just stick with safer, safer films and throw them at us and throughout the weekend. So that I have to wait until you know end of June to check out Spider-Man instead of already having it now. I still don't understand why that's coming out so late in the summer. That should be the one that sets the pace. That should be the one that rocks everyone else out and still doing amazing business into August.
0: And something that you know, I mean, you know Spider-Man 2 is going to make good money, so why not release it early in the summer? He should have been
2: the flagship of the summer. He should have said, you know what, we're coming out now. (laughs) The rest of you, you're going to have to, you know, we're not going to let Van Helsing make its money. We're not going to let Troy just get some money and have their weekend. We're going to be the top dog throughout the whole summer, and you're all going to have to deal with it. Right. I don't know why, yeah. but apparently by the time Spider-Man Two comes out at the end of June, people are gonna be chomping at the bit for something good. Right. And I'm not saying Spider-Man Two will be good, but saw Spider-Man One, all the principles are back. I'm gonna guess it's gonna be good. Yeah. So there's a good chance that's gonna rock out. Okay, so Soul Plane comes out tomorrow, which brings us to our two other films, two disaster films. This is why. <laughs> uh, the day after tomorrow is from a man who loves who hates the world. There, you, know, you thought you thought Denzel Washington's character in Man on Fire hated the world and wanted to <laughs> destroy the world. No. The person who really want, hates the world is Roland Emmerich. Why? What does this West German have against everyone? Well, he created Universal Soldier, Stargate, uh, and two films – well, three films, I think, are the, some of the best disaster films of all time. And I'll tell you why. ID4, Aliens Come Over the World, Destroying the World – but of course we somehow pull it off. Because the reason that we were able to beat aliens, aliens are Mac compatible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why. PCs, you know, if you're if you're running out of Macintosh, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're gonna be able to take down an alien civilization. PCs, that's second rate. Let's all remember that. <laughs> Computer geeks have known that for years. Aliens have known it for millennia. All right. He also creates Godzilla, one of the worst movies of all time. That movie is a disaster. <laughs> uh, and a disaster movie. The worst remake I've ever seen. Um, and I must say, mostly because of like the side plots. Yes, he looks yeah. like you know one of the, di- the Godzilla looks like one of the dinosaurs. Well, there's just too much going on with Jean Reno and Matthew Broderick's bad acting and the bad scripts around the romantic relationship between uh, Matthew Broderick and that you know that, that blonde actress of who movie. has no career, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, who's like I was in Godzilla. Yeah, that was that's nice, <laughs> good for you. But Roland Emmerich is back with his, uh, you know, it's not just giant, you know. Dinosaurs that are taking it down. It's not, you know, it, aliens. Now it's global warming, uh, fuel emissions, you know, carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide emissions in the atmosphere are what's going to ruin the world. Uh, basically, Jeff Tomorrow, the story is of a scientist, Dennis Quaid, who basically proclaims global warming is is, is going to just whoop our butts and within a matter of days, uh, it's going to start up a new ice age. We all better watch out. And of course, everyone laughs at him, but it happens nonetheless. And you've all seen the trailers, tidal waves take over New York. some reason, even in a post-September 11th society, we still like watching New York get destroyed yeah. in <laughs> our films. You would think someone would stop that, that that would have, you know, the Twin Towers falling would have stopped that. But it still continues to this day. Um, and Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. Also, Ian Holm has a small role. Uh, Emmy Resson, who was the daughter who was murdered in uh, Mystic River, who will also be in The Phantom of the Opera, which that will be a disaster also, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because it's directed by Joel Schumacher, who I hate Ouch. on the level of Shrek. <laughs> I hate Joel Schumacher. Hatred. Um, do you guys, are you interested in The Day After Tomorrow? This is a big one. I'm going to tell you, for a big blockbuster that's supposed to be huge and supposed to take us over, I could care less about The Day After Tomorrow. Um, this seems like a movie that should have been coming out in August. When you just get the backwater, the, the bathwater of, uh, of summer movies, when it's all finished up and we're all spent and just outside barbecuing, not caring about movies. Not the kind of thing that leads off the Memorial of the Weekend.
1: Well, I don't know. The deal with Day After Tomorrow, it is directed by Roland Emmerich, who did make Godzilla and Independence Day. However, those two movies were produced by Dean Devlin, who I would say is responsible for most of the badness that you see in both of those, because I think Emmerich is actually a pretty talented director. I mean, he could make a decent movie when he wants to, if he just has the right collaborators. Again, that's not saying much. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying Day I'm, After Tomorrow is going to be... I'm
2: looking at his filmography, and I'm daring you to name one that's really good. Moon but, all, but they all involve Dean Devlin,
0: yes. is the right. point. So maybe we no, right? will...
2: Yeah.
1: But yeah, I'm not saying Day After Tomorrow will be any good, necessarily, but Dean Devlin is not attached to this movie at all. Okay. So...
2: There's a chance that there's a possibility that this might raise above the Patriot.
1: It's possible. I suppose. Uh, I don't know, but will I go see it? It's, I don't know. It's a maybe. All right. I'll put it in the maybe pile. Reverend.
0: Um, well, yeah, I, I, I share the exact same sentiment sentiments about Dean Devlin and what a horrible writer producer he is. Um, I think Roland Emmerich has, uh, a strong visual style, um, I don't think Day After Tomorrow is going to be that great of a movie, but, you know, he might be able to do something cool someday. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really like any of these movies, but I got to admit, like, I don't know. Independence Day was fun once. You yeah, know, right. I, it's like if, if you see, I think his movie's like, you see them and then make sure you never watch them again. Exactly. Because I, they're fun one time as long as you don't think about it. Yes. And how if stupid If you have to think is. about it
2: again, it's, it just ruins it completely. I'll give you, mm-hmm. when I was 14, you know, that dates me. When right. I was 14 when Independence Day came out, and I thought it was awesome. Yeah. But the first time I saw it on, on video, mm-hmm. I thought it was stupid. Right. And it's gotten stupider every time I've seen it since.
0: And also, <laughs> the, he makes movies that if you're going to see it... It would be much better in the theater, you yeah, know, because it is right. just visual. You know, you, know, that's, you that's, need the
2: THX surround sound to right. rock you out.
0: Yeah, that's what's good about it. It's not the story. We're not going for the story or any of that. We're going for the destruction of the world yes. by giant tidal waves. So. I think,
2: and I think I'm exhausted from the yeah. destruction of the world. I've seen the world just destroyed so many times. Right. I think I'm also going to pass on this one. This one is a possible maybe i think this is an
0: up in the air for me too I, right. i'll probably see it but i don't know yeah i'm not that excited about don't, it
2: don't yeah listener. don't expect reviews on the day after tomorrow next week cause there's no guarantee <laughs> any of us are uh, willing to check this one out
1: well, one other thing the uh the cast in this one uh i'm a little more impressed with personally i do like dennis quaid and i do like uh, jake gyllenhaal occasionally and uh what's her name that you mentioned the, uh, uh the amy rodder i think his name is yes i'm a fan We'll see. We'll see.
2: <laughs> we'll see. That's, that's all we can say. The day after tomorrow, um, if you want to see a flash, flash ice age occur on film, this is your film. Uh, now, what's really surprising is all the press that's been surrounding this film right now, as it's a film, a lot of people are looking at, this is a film against the Republican Party, against the GOP, against the president and his environmental plan. It is? I, have, I haven't heard that. I've I been hearing this, where <laughs> okay. the day after tomorrow... Whereas like Al Gore and other of them are jumping on and supporting this film. Oh, because God. it talks about how the global warming is going to occur. Not is it occurring, but it's occurring and it's going to just ruin us eventually. People are jumping on the bandwagon that this film, it's like it's a, this is a, you know, a political film. This is a film about a policy. Mm-hmm. No, and, and acting like that, Roland Emmerich, when he decided to make this movie, said, you know what, I need to stick it to the man. Mm-hmm. George W. Bush's environmental policies aren't really cutting it in today's society. I need to make a film that will put, take him off his pedestal. No, Roland right. Emmerich made a film about destroying the world because he's wants a to make sadist, money. Yeah. and he <laughs> wants to make millions of dollars about destroying the world, because people love to see that in the summer. People love to see New York get destroyed during the summer. This is the film for him. I just find it a little strange. If you turn on CNN, they're probably talking about it right now. I've just seen a little bit of the last few, last few weeks as we've gotten closer to the release.
0: I'm also amazed that environmentalists would back a movie with such fuzzy uh, science to it, too. You know? well, it was yeah, like, like,
2: What was it? NASA and this is just NASA, <laughs> When behind saying that they don't support this film. Okay. I don't know why someone at NASA felt that they had to say that. Yeah. But people, I mean, it's, the scientific commu- community is a buzz about it. And I will say for one reason alone, I love the scientific community. Mm-hmm. They're doing a lot of great things, mm-hmm. you know, in science. But anytime someone will let them talk as, and be a you know, talking <laughs> head for popular culture – it's not always the best thing, right. and if someone will stick a microphone in their face and will say, "Well, how do you feel about that?" They'll be like, "Well, well, well, I'll, I'll let you have my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm am I'm behind it, uh, behind scientists, but not necessarily about the, the press around it. The, the same exact
1: thing, you know. The same exact thing happened last year with the core. There are all kinds of geologists and earth science people coming out about how this movie is 100% accurate and it can and could possibly happen. And, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and it was, and and was also another, ridiculous when that happened, too, And there's another so.
2: camp when people will, you know, completely go the opposite way. This, this doesn't happen. This mm-hmm. won't happen. It's just a silly conversation for no reason. These right. are stupid <laughs> movies to be enjoyed at a stupid level. Right. So I'm not saying people who enjoy these are stupid. I'm just saying these movies are dumb now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this I, isn't – you're not <laughs> – no one's gonna be writing a thesis paper about the day after tomorrow, and no one should.
0: Yeah. I, I I don't I would like people to get involved in environmentalism, but I don't want them to get involved because of the day after tomorrow. <laughs> you know, if that's the reason don't bother, yeah. you know.
2: <laughs> I, it's nice that you want to save the world, but because of that movie, please.
0: I got I got a really funny story about Day After Tomorrow. This is something I heard a long time ago. Um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Uh, who created south Park yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, were going to when they got the day after Tomorrow script a year ago, they wanted to do an exact uh, recreation of that script with marionettes and release it the same day <laughs> and and their lawyers were like, "No no, you can 't do that you can 't do that and they' were like "Why please it 's so funny <laughs> and uh, so then they use that same idea they 're using the, the marionettes and they 're making a movie called Team America." Which is about this guy. It's sort of a parody of, like, current, um, you know, world, world politics, American world politics mixed with a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. And it's kind of parodying all of that. Uh, so yes. gonna, I don't know when that's coming out because I haven't heard anything in a while, but I'm really going to have to keep on, on top
2: of that one because yeah. that sounds brilliant. Yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> okay, that's so the day after tomorrow. Comes out tomorrow. Uh, if you want to see the Ice Age happen tomorrow, the day after tomorrow is for you. All mm-hmm. right. Um, also coming out next week, a movie I've coined a disaster because I don't want to see it um, is "Raising Helen," um, from the director as if you listen to the uh, previews from the director of "Pretty Woman" and "The Princess Diaries." <laughs> One because he has to mention his biggest hit of all time, and I will say the only good movie he ever did, right. <laughs> and his roast recent success, Gary Marshall. Um, let's let's look at the filmography. Overboard. Goldie Hahn film. So he comes full circle. <laughs> Does a movie with Goldie Hahn and with her daughter. He can die a happy man now. Uh, Overboard is kind of fun in a blue collar Midwest, you know, make fun of the rich kind of way, which everyone enjoyed in like '87. Yeah, okay. it, was, it was a little better, better in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Every time, and it, everything was better in the 80s, mm. I will, I will <laughs> proclaim. Beaches. Yes, I couldn't, I couldn't, I forgot who made beaches. And who made the movie that I have to suffer with for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, wind Beneath My Wings. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Beaches is Gary Marshall. Uh, Pretty Woman. I'm actually going to say is a good romantic comedy, and if you enjoy it, I have no ill will against you. I think it's a good movie. Okay. But there are people who hate it. But it's kind of the, the, uh, the keystone of all people who love uh, romantic comedies. It's their... It's their Star Wars. It's right.
0: like the di- it's the diehard of romantic comedies. Yeah, it's like right. Pretty Woman Meets This is every review of the last ten years. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah
2: it's it's set it's set the standard. Yeah. Frankie and Johnny. Exit to Eden.
0: Um, oh. That's yeah, focus on Exit to Eden for a second. Exit to yeah. Eden. <laughs> the uh Dan, Dan Ay- Ay- Aykroyd
2: Ay- Rosie O'Donnell film. S and M movie they where they go to like a pleasure island, like a club med for, you know. Swinging everyone. Ouch. Um, but that movie's horrible.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, Dear God, Greg Kinnear Ouch. tries to make it um, by answering the letters that are written to God. I didn't know he directed that. Yes. <laughs> yes. God. This is what happens. Uh, the Other Sister. Juliette Lewis plays uh, oh, a mentally handicapped yeah. child of um, Diane Keaton, who's in love with mentally handicapped Giovanni, Giovanni Ribisi, Ribisi. Um And then his greatest war crime, his greatest crime <laughs> against humanity... <laughs> Uh, the Runaway Bride. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's one thing to make a movie... It, it's one thing that if, like, you know... Howard Hawk made a film with, like... You know, Cary Grant and, like, you know, Lauren Bacall or something. You know, two old... Two stars. And they had great chemistry. And the director, ten years down the road, decided, Well, let's put those two together again. And we'll rely on that chemistry that people still remember. That's okay if another director does it. But, Gary Marshall, you're not allowed to make a sequel to Pretty Woman... Not call it a sequel to Pretty Woman. Have no chemistry <laughs> or story that's worthwhile between the two main characters, except for the fact that we remember Pretty Woman. Anyone who's, anyone who says, I liked pretty, uh, Runaway Bride, I liked the chemistry. <laughs> I liked the characters that Julia Roberts and Richard Gere played. I enjoyed their chemistry. I thought they worked well on screen. Everyone who says that is mistaken. They actually liked Pretty Woman, and that's the only <laughs> thing. There's no chemistry between those two characters, and it sickens me. Okay, it's it's that's that's a movie I hate.
1: I'm gonna call it a wedding exploitation movie. Yeah, it's just yeah. a movie for people who like to see weddings in movies. So women. End of story. So it's <laughs> well, not to put too fine a point on it, but sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: Gonna, um, like four name,
0: weddings and a funeral. Right. Yeah. Okay. But uh, that four that, weddings and a funeral is movie, yeah. a good movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. That's funny. Know.
2: That's actually a good movie. It's yeah. got good. It's got good eclectic characters. Right. Thank you, Richard Curtin. I think this is his name. Curtis. Yeah. Curtis, close no, no. enough. He's British, no, no. They, and they're not listening. Um, but raising Helen, Kate Hudson is the crazy aunt, and Joan Cusack is the safe, you know, Ward uh, Ward and June Cleaver aunt. Well, the mother dies of these children, and they have to start. And the mother, it's like, well, it's, well, it's obviously Joan Cusack's going to get the children. She's safe. She's stable. You know, she's conservative. Ah, uh-huh. crazy Helen, Kate Hudson gets the children, and guess what? Dot dot dot. Hilarity, Hilarity ensues. ensues. Um, you already know where this is going to go. I, I haven't seen this movie, but let me guess. She doesn't do a good job at first. Joan Cusack gets mad and tries to take the kids back. There's some crying, some you know heartstrings pulled. Eventually she gets the kids back and she's a good mother. And along the way finds love with John Corbett, who I actually like. Uh, Northern Exposure, he was on Sex in the City, uh, and other... Uh, he was in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Uh, that's John Corbett. Uh, <laughs> But this movie is so formulaic and so pathetic that I can't even want to see this movie. This movie is a disaster to me. It hurts my aesthetic appreciation of films.
1: You know, I'll tell you. Um, back in the day, when Gary Marshall was doing things for TV, did Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days? Good stuff. That was good. Yeah. You know, his TV work is is great. Those were work, those, and Mindy. those were yeah, those were good really stuff. funny shows. Those I mean, classics almost even. But his movies, not so much. You didn't like the other sister? No, no you I can't to be say good. Kind of a fan of Ex
2: to Eden. This Can't man lays one egg after another.
1: Pretty Woman, I
2: think, got his career in films going. So, like, he's, bar- he's living on borrowed time. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and I, I haven't seen The Princess Diary.
1: It's almost as if Gary Marshall has this silent pact with directors like Guy Ritchie or Akiva Goldsman. And they just get together once every year and decide how we're going to annoy Andy Keast with our <laughs> movies, you know? And... Yeah, and this and this one especially, it's compounded by the fact that Kate Hudson is in it, and I don't like her at all. I've only li- I, I thought she was decent and uh, Almost Famous, but ever since then, it's been one crap fest after another with her, <laughs> especially. <laughs> yeah. And it's
2: so it's not really your bag.
1: Not not really. really no,
2: no. Uh, Phil Reverend yes. Reverend, are you yes. going to see Raising Helen? Uh, no. no. I mean,
0: that's the quick answer. Uh, Gary Marshall. I don't know. A couple of those movies I like. I like Overboard. I haven't seen Pretty Woman in a long time, and uh, I, I like Princess Diaries. I thought it was cute. I, I haven't seen Princess Diaries. <laughs> and I'm looking think, forward to part two. Which comes out the, up up the other, summer. This the is the summer of movie. Gary
2: Marshall. Yeah. Apparently he'll rock us out the whole time. Um, I'm just wondering, do you think this movie will make money?
0: No. Well, I don't know. How much does it cost? Probably not that much. I don't think it's that much. It'll make money. Okay. Yeah, sure.
2: Most everything makes money in the summer, unless it's a huge blockbuster like Troy, and then it loses its shirt.
0: You, it's- you know what I really hate more than K- uh, Gary Marshall is Kate Hudson. Yeah. You hate yeah. Kate Hudson, too. I hate Kate Hudson, yeah. All right. Absolutely.
2: Man, it's a hate fest in here. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> all right. So Raising Helen, The Day After Tomorrow, and Soul Plane all coming out tomorrow. You may be thinking to yourself, man, I think I'd rather just stay in and rent a video. <laughs> well, this week there are a few decent things. Uh, Club Dread. Phil, how's Club Dread? Funny, if you like Super Troopers. Okay, I don't like Super Troopers. Well, okay. I like Club Dread? No. Okay. Uh, Boa Hotep, which you've all seen. That movie's bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, There are fanboys out there I understand you love Bruce Campbell He is Ash yeah. He was in that uh, Bad Hercules TV show And those shows were bad But if you're a fan of them, that's cool, man yeah. um, mm-hmm. Boba Hotep is not a good movie
0: It's kind of the same as your Runaway Bride thing It's like, they're like Oh, Boba Hotep's cool No, that is wrong Evil Dead is cool <laughs> <Yeah>. Boba Hotep <laughs> is stupid <laughs> yes. yeah. So
2: you can't the, the cool factor from one movie does not carry over to another Just because of an, air, right. an actor uh, Weather Underground, a documentary about the Weathermen, uh, a militant uh, anti-war group in the 60s, uh, 70s. Uh, welcome to Mooseport. Andy, you saw this. Ray Romano's first film ever. Ray Romano has become a huge star <laughs> in the middle class middle America, uh, which, which is where we live. And you know what? And he ha- Everyone loves Raymond, and that's true. Everyone does love Ray Romano. I
1: was, I'm going to say people who only people who like Raymond, who like that show, may enjoy this movie. Everybody else... No mas.
2: Not your bag. You
1: might as well step away. And how sad uh, is
2: Gene Hackman? Uh... So Don't even
1: get me started on Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman, Hackman, Hackman is—he's—he's he's gone already, but as far as I'm concerned. The reason
2: to go to your video store this week, and I will say—if you go to a local video store, you can see the uh, the Reverend and Andy do their work. I'm going to say the Reverend looks like a very tall Paul Thomas Anderson, and Andy looks like Jeremy Sisto. Yes, that's the way it works. And and, and he loves the fact that I think he, that's true. So
1: I do get a cut. But if you go to the Video
2: or Go in Frandor, you can see these two uh, lovely gentlemen. I think they're both sexy. Hey. You can check them out. But the reason you're going to that video store, not just to see the Reverend and the Keister, you want to know why you're going to the video store? Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, Theatrical Cut, either full screen or widescreen. Take your pick, they probably will have both. That's coming out this week.
0: That came out this week. If you love it on the big screen, it's even better
2: on a 14-inch television. (laughs) It's even better on your your 22-inch, you know, regular TV that's not widescreen, plasma, high-definition. It'll look beautiful. But that's what's coming out. And I'm going to tell you, I'm glad it's out finally. I'm going to check it out. Uh, Those are the things out right now. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend. Three days off from work. (laughs) Am I going to go to the theater? No. Unfortunately, because nothing good's out. You know what? I'm just gonna sit at home and write a movie. Alright. Uh last up is our video pick of the week.
0: Yep.
2: And the Reverend's gonna do it this week, and this is in honor of it's Christopher Lee's birthday. Yes. Which is perfect because his birthday falls in the same week as Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Uh, yeah. he played Saruman. Uh he's also uh Darth Tyrannus, uh you know, uh, uh Count Dooku in the Star Wars films, so he's in two of the biggest franchises of all time. Uh and plus he was Dracula in you know, in other films. But yes. Reverend Yes. This week's video pick is an homage to Christopher Lee.
0: Yes. Um, uh, Yeah. And Christopher Lee, I'm I'm definitely a big fan of, and uh, one of his most famous and and good movies is a film called The Wicker Man, um, which is uh, from mm, early '70s, I believe. Want to say Uh, '72. '72, and um, is basically it's about this detective who um, goes to this small island called summer isle and uh and he hears about this missing child and he he goes to this island and he finds out that all the people there are just kind of a little different you know they're they're very they're very strange and they have their own kind of customs and and way of life and um and the the lord of the the land is lord summer isle played by christopher lee in uh one of his more interesting performances And, uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's a musical. It's a horror movie. It's.
2: It's a huge cult following.
0: Yeah, a huge cult following. I'm definitely a huge fan of this film. It's. The thing that's so great about it is you don't really know where it's going. You don't know, like, what the, what's the resolution of this? Like, what is this about? You know, what kind of movie is this? And, uh. Until the
2: very end. Yeah. With a great, amazing ending. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's really, um, yeah, it's definitely one of the. Yeah, best movies Best movies. Uh, Christopher Lee's been in. He's been in a number of good films. He's had a
2: huge career, and The Wicker Man is the video pick of the week. And I will say, one of the coolest packaging for yeah. a DVD of yeah. all time. Yeah. Very tight. Uh, but yeah, great cult film and uh, amazing. an ending that will rock your rolls. Maybe a top five ending. Yeah. But that's a show we'll never do because we don't like to talk about it it's here on the Impact Movie Channel. Yeah,
0: we can just mention the movie and not tell you the ending. Ooh. Way like to sell style. you on it.
2: Like your style. All right. That's the show. Uh, we'll be on. You know, Have a good uh, Memorial Day weekend. Be safe. Uh, hang out with your family. Do whatever you want. We're going to be on next week rocking out with more stuff about movies. Same bad time, same bad channel. All right. For The Reverend, for Andy Keist, I'm Brad Brooks. Thank you for joining us. Stick around. The Basement's up next. The best in local music. Have a good weekend.
1: Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.